Tomorrow, May 1st, is International Workers' Day, otherwise known as May Day. It is a day that honors generations of labor and immigrant rights organizing and struggles. May Day gatherings will be happening tomorrow all over the United States and around the world. Every year, a coalition of groups comes together to organize a powerful day of action in New Haven, Connecticut. Joining me tonight to speak about International Workers' Day and tomorrow's local events is Eric Goodman. Eric is a socialist organizer and union tradesperson. They have been organizing with the group Socialist Revolution since 2016 and started the New Haven branch in 2021. Eric and Socialist Revolution are also part of the coalition of groups putting on tomorrow's May Day rally and march in New Haven. Eric, welcome to Mic Check. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight and uh, making time to be on the program. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's it's a really, you know, it's a conversation that I'm really excited to have. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about the groups and the organizing that you're involved with here in Connecticut and, you know, kind of uh, give an introduction for, for, for yourself and, uh, and, and what you're up to. Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm part of an organization uh, called Socialist Revolution New Haven. Uh, we're part of a national organization by the same name, Socialist Revolution. And we're part of an international group as well called the IMT, the International Marxist Tendency, uh, which is active from Taiwan and Brazil to Britain, Pakistan, and Canada, and the U.S. Uh, and really, we're, we're fighting to build a revolutionary party is what, we, what we're trying to do. Uh, really, we believe that capitalism is kind of in terminal decline, and all that it can really offer people at this point is more suffering, more poverty, really more climate catastrophe. Um, and really, you know, class struggle is erupting everywhere. I mean, even in Canada, in sleepy Canada, uh, there is a threat of a general strike in Canada not, not so long ago, as well as in France, Sri Lanka, Sudan, really all around the world. Um, and we believe that uh, you know, we need to fight for the idea that we can have an alternative system. We can have a system that works for people instead of for profit, a socialist system. A socialist system. And we, we fight to put forward these ideas, you know, in our workplaces, in every workplace, and in the unions, on every campus, and in every working class uh, oppressed community across the U.S. and around the world. Bouncing off of what you were speaking about, I was wondering if you could, if you could talk a little bit more and, and dig a little bit deeper uh, into... Uh, your thoughts on the current state of the labor movement here in the United States? Sure, I'd love to. Um, you know, I really think that the American working class is starting to wake up um, kind of in a way that hasn't happened in, you know, in really around 50 years at this point. You know, we have we had striketober not so long ago. Uh, we just crossed the 300 mark for organized Starbucks stores across the U.S., the Amazon labor union, um, you know, all these things are popping off. A number of strike hours uh, spiked last year. Um, uh, so it's, it's really very exciting. And as well, like there are uh, left-wing progressive really change-ups happening at some of the big unions and the Teamsters uh, in the UAW, the UAWD caucus, and all these places, um, big changes are happening. Um, however, really, you know, what it comes down to is that the unionization rate is still kind of as low as it's ever been. It's only at 11% right now uh, compared with what it was uh, after World War II where it peaked at 35%. Um, but, you know, despite this, workers are starting, the idea is starting to percolate in the working class that, 
Unions are the best way to maintain our standard of living, to fight for wage increases, to fight inflation, to fight for to fight for health care, for all these things. And they actually have a, a 60-year record high support of around 71%. Um, but I think the real, the real kind of rub here is that you know, we need to have a more widespread view of class struggle uh, and ultimately a, a party of the working class uh, to coordinate the struggles that are popping off across the country. Um, you know, Starbucks has something like 15,000 stores. There's thousands of Amazon facilities. There's that's probably several thousand Walmarts. All these places, all these biggest, baddest employers, um, you know, it's going to take more than one single union. It's going to take more than one single uh, a fight to organize these places. And what we really need is a party of the working class uh, that can mobilize across the entire country um, and and mobilize workers, not just from these stores, but from the entire industry uh, to, to, to fight for unions in these workplaces. And really, I think we need a philosophy of the bosses need us, but we don't need them. Um, and that's not really reflected in you know, in the, 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 the current political outlook, the current political attitude of, of, the, of the unions, which are pretty much tied to the two parties, mostly the Democrats, uh, but the Republicans as well. And I think that if we had a, a workers party um, that was willing to use class struggle tactics like the labor movement used in the past uh, and was willing to have a program of, 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 a, of, of nationalizing the commanding heights of the economy so that we could genuinely say that, uh, we're putting people instead of profits and an injury to one is an injury to all. I think that we'd be doing much better and have a much better shot at getting these companies uh, to the negotiating table and coordinating these struggles. Thank you for that, Eric. Uh, before we dive into the details for tomorrow's events here in New Haven, I was wondering if you could speak a bit about the history of International Workers' Day, uh, also known, of course, as May Day, uh, how and when it was first established and some of the, the important context, uh, especially for anyone listening right now who is, unf- is completely unfamiliar uh, with, with this day, uh, which will be happening tomorrow on May 1st. Sure, I'd love to, Mike. Um, so International Workers' Day uh, began as the struggle for the eight-hour day here in the U.S., really an, an ongoing struggle. Uh, the fight was launched by the progenitors, uh, you know, the, 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 the first incarnation of the American Federation of Labor, the AFL, uh, in this country, uh, who used um, the Labor Days starting from 1882, uh, Labor Days in September, as a way to build up the fight for the eight-hour workday. Uh, and this campaign grew uh, each subsequent Labor Day until the leaders of the movement decided that the workers themselves would implement the eight-hour day uh, come May 1st of 1886. And this is in spite of the fact that laws, uh, you know, laws implementing the eight-hour day had already been passed in several states across the U.S. at that time. However, the states themselves were not able to actually uh, put those laws into effect and they weren't willing to to piss off or persecute uh, the bosses into, into actually implementing those laws. So the workers understood there would have to be their efforts alone uh, which won them these gains, which I think is an important lesson. Um, so in Chicago, uh, which is where the events of that, that we follow today come from, uh, the movement was led by Albert and Lucy Parsons, really fascinating characters, and the Central Labor Union. Uh, the May 1st uh, strikes and struggles, luckily in this case, 
uh, corresponded with a national or, or really a Western and Southwestern uh, strike in the railway uh, unions, which paralyzed commerce in the, in the Southwest of this country and really put the, put the bosses on notice. Um, and everything really went swimmingly uh, for the first week or so, for the first couple of days uh, of, the, of the May Day struggle that was taking place. Thousands of workplaces, uh, thousands of bosses caved to the demand for an eight-hour day, and it looked like the, the struggle was going to succeed. However, uh, eventually, the head of the railway unions, the head of the Knights of Labor, which was the railway union, uh, caved and sold out of the strike and led it to its defeat. And after that point, the bosses really understood that now was the time for them to go on the offensive, uh, to stage a provocation, to find some excuse to really crush this this popular movement that was happening, this popular working class movement uh, that was happening. And so um, in Chicago, uh, outside of a company that would later today uh, be known as International Harvester in front of one of their factories, uh, the police opened fire on workers who were locked out of their workplace in front of a protest there. And they ended up killing two of these workers. the workers in Chicago were so well-disciplined that they didn't take this as, you know, the call to general rebellion that the bosses were hoping they would. Um, and so the next day, uh, as sort of a backup plan, uh, at a protest that was called to, to protest against the killing of these two uh, workers, um, at 10 p.m., just as this peaceful protest was wrapping up, and the, the mayor of Chicago actually was there, and he testified that it was a peaceful protest, um, police a uh, hundred and some police, 150 police uh, began to charge uh, this very small protest at 10 p.m. at night. It was wrapping up. Um, and as they were coming to break up this peaceful protest, uh, an, uh, an agent provocateur, um, and it's known that he was an agent provocateur, went and threw a bomb at these police officers, uh, which killed seven of them and, and mortally killed or mortally wounded seven of them. Um, and this was really the starting gun for what was the first red scare in American history. Um, and the police went on a rampage. They violated civil rights, uh, searched and seized houses uh, without warrants. They shut down uh, the labor press. Um, they arrested militants uh, and really cut the head off of what had been really a very powerful uh, movement um, and, and shut it down completely, more or less. Um, and the upshot of that was that they uh, arrested eight of these workers' leaders, only one of whom was actually present at that protest, and put them up on trial. And they really did not give them a fair trial at all. And this became a, a, a cause celeb for the entirety of the workers' movement across the world. And the call went out calling for solidarity to Germany, to Mexico, to Latin America, um, supporting these workers who were being tried unjustly for a crime that they didn't commit for the simple crime of conscious of, of believing, believing in their political convictions. Um, they were tried by a jury made up of, of bosses, men, of foremen, really not a, tri- a jury of their peers at all. Um, and in the end, seven of eight of them were condemned to death. Um, four of them uh, ended up hanging by the neck uh, in a really horrible way. Uh, and one of them was most likely assassinated by a prison guard. And this was, uh, you know, this was the tragedy and this was the movement uh, that we that we commemorate each May Day, um, including this May Day here in New Haven. Thank you so much for that important context in history, Eric. And if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport and streaming around the world on the web at wpkn.org and also available in podcast form at the same website. 
and this program is called Mike Check, and my name is Mike Murley. I host every third and fifth Sunday of this program, and I am joined tonight live over the phone uh, in conversation with Eric Goodman, a socialist organizer and union tradesperson, organizing with Socialist Revolution, as well as a member of the May Day New Haven 2023 uh, coalition of groups and individuals uh, that has been working on putting together the May Day events, the International Workers' Day events, set to take place tomorrow, May 1st, 2023, in New Haven, Connecticut. Eric, thank you, like I just said, for that important history and context. And, you know, I was just uh, thinking while you were, while you were, you know, speaking so passionately about, uh, about all of that, that history of, uh, you know, where May Day comes from, where International Workers' Day comes from, you know, spelling it out so clearly, you know, with that sequence of events. What are some of the things that you find tremendously inspiring about, about all of that, about, the, you know, from, from the history um, and also just from the idea of International Workers' Day uh, as, a, as, a, as an idea, as a concept? What are the, some of the key things that really uh, inspire you? Yeah, I think what really inspires me uh, is, is the solidarity uh, really, the global working class solidarity that was displayed uh, after um, the, the the events of, of May Day of that year, um, and really all of the parallels uh, from them until now, uh, and the parallels that we can really hopefully draw lessons from for this from this current struggle today. Um, for example, uh, anti-immigrant hysteria was really whipped up against these these Haymarket martyrs. Uh, these people who were put up on trial are foreign-born anarchists, foreign-born radicals and revolutionaries. Uh, one, you know, one uh, newspaper actually said, let us whip these Slavic wolves back to the European dens from which they issue or in some way exterminate them. Um, and I think that that's definitely, you know, a sentiment that we have uh, at, this, at this very moment today against transgender people, against immigrants in this country um, and, and, you know, it really goes to show that the more things change under capitalism, the more they stay the same. Um, what we really need is class solidarity, because ultimately these ideas exist within society because the, the ruling class, they need to divide the working class. You can't have capitalism without racism, Malcolm X said. And that was just as true then. The ruling class knew that just as well then uh, as they know it as they know it now. And so I think the fact that we're really standing on the shoulders of giants and have all of these incredible lessons from which to draw, from which to, you know, to fight. You know, we're not fighting starting from ground zero. We're actually, we have all of these lessons from which to draw. And I find that really inspiring and knowing that, you know, many greats came before us and, you know, we're, we're, we're continuing that legacy today or trying to continue that legacy today. Um, so, yeah, I find that very inspiring myself. Thank you so much for sharing that, Eric, and, and for giving that insight the, the inspiration that you're drawing from the history, those important parallels, um, like you said, that anti-immigrant hysteria, the need for class solidarity, and uh, linking, cla- linking capitalism with racism, and how that is still true today, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, as it was when, when Malcolm X said that decades ago. Mm-hmm. And so bouncing off of that, something that I find really inspiring is the, the coalition that comes together every year in New Haven to work together, to, uh, to connect, as you said, different issues, different struggles, different uh, lived experiences, 
to put together a series of, of events on May 1st every year in New Haven to, to mark that occasion and to, to carry it forward. And so I was wondering if you could, you know, before we get into the details of the, the events that will be taking place tomorrow in New Haven, the specific, uh, the specific events that'll be taking, that'll be taking place in terms of the things that people can, can come out to, to take part in. I was wondering if you could talk about the, the coalition and the, the different groups that came together to sit down and, and plan this out, but also, you know, uh, some of those, cause I find that really inspiring and exciting. Um, like you were saying, the, you know, connecting different struggles and, and working in coalition and building something together is like, is just super inspiring and in general, but <laughs> I was wondering if you could, if you could talk about that, that process that, that, uh, got us to today where now tomorrow is International Workers' Day, and there's these these events set to take place uh, in New Haven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you know, I think we're very lucky that we have such a strong tradition of a, of a big May Day gathering in New Haven. Um, and this year we started uh, at really the beginning of the year in order to kind of maximize uh, the number of groups that we could have involved, maximize the turnout that we could have, um, and, you know, a lot of long meetings, a lot of big discussions about what would the, the scheduling be, um, and I think it's going to turn out great. We have tons of different speakers uh, from tons of different organizations, uh, local unions. Um, you know, we have a student from Yale who's part of Socialist Revolution who's speaking. We have uh, the head of the New Haven, New Haven Federation of Teachers. We have a speaker from SCIU, um, and all of these groups help to contribute uh, to the planning of this event. Uh, some groups are contributing food. You know, everyone's contributing what they can to this, um, and I think it's all going to come together uh, extremely well uh, tomorrow. Um, and I've, I've really been inspired by by the whole process and what's possible when we put our uh, put our heads together um, and our hands and our feet and all and all the rest of us as well. Um, so I, I think it's going to be an excellent event tomorrow, and um, the whole process has been enlightening. You talked about, uh, you know, a couple of specific unions uh, as well as some students involved. So unions, uh, students, and I know that there's immigrant rights groups involved, you know, and, yep. and so I was wondering if you could talk more about the, you know, that, that confluence of struggles and some of the different issues that will be represented, um, but also, you know, and, and, you know, and, and connected, you know, that idea of connecting all these different issues and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and struggles um, and what that will look like tomorrow, like how that will, uh, you know, how that will manifest yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have, as you said, immigrant rights group. We have an indigenous women's group. We have a climate group. We have workers groups. We have socialist groups. We have all these different things. Um, and I think the, the way that we're really going to tie it all together is, is not just the speeches that we're going to have at the Greens, but all of these the different issues in society are present wherever you live in the United States or around the world. And we're going to be showing that by you know, as we march around New Haven, we're going to stop outside of a Starbucks store and talk about the struggle with Starbucks workers. We're going to stop outside of a bank and talk about how the banks are uh, enabling, you know, horrible exploitation, enabling climate change, doing all these, these horrible things by uh, keeping the capitalist system afloat. Um, at Yale University, the big issue in New Haven is tax Yale. We're going to have that Yale student talk about the issues of Yale and the need to tax Yale and how we can tax Yale and really the ultimate need to 
uh, to, to nationalize Yale as part of a, of a national system of free public education and all these different things, you know, all these different issues, wherever you are, they're present. You know, the, the issue of climate change definitely affects, affects New Haven. Uh, the issue of poverty, you know, you walk around New Haven, it's, it's intense. Um, and, you know, you know, we're really going to put that in people's, you know, put that in perspective for people who come out to this event um, and I hope inspire them to, to fight as well. Um, and that's really, really what we're trying to do, because, you know, when you get down to it, 95 percent of society are working class. We're united by a common interest in, you know, having affordable housing, by having quality health care, affordable, healthy food and quality education. Um, and I think that the way that we can, you know, fight for these things is, is really along class lines. And that's something that we're going to kind of hammer home tomorrow uh, and the, the, the power that we have as the working class. Awesome. And Eric, the, what would you say is the, is the, uh, or what could you share about the itinerary, uh, in terms of some of the specific, um, times in which things will be, will be starting tomorrow, um, times, locations. And, uh, I know there's, you know, then thank you for sharing the, some of the specific stops along the way, uh, that really connect those different, those different, uh, issues happening right now. Cause that is, that's really, really powerful. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that. So as far as uh, some of the nuts and bolts of the, you know, uh, the where, when, the where and when of tomorrow. Definitely, definitely. So uh, the the day is starting off uh, at noon on the New Haven Green, on the southwest corner of the New Haven Green. Um, there's going to be music. There's going to be tables by the different groups who are involved in planning this. Um, if you wanted to come a little bit early and help us set up, I'm sure that'd be appreciated. Uh, and there are going to be uh, DJs, there's going to be music uh, during the first part of the afternoon, uh, really up until uh, 3 p.m. when there's going to be uh, a May Day dance for the kids. And this is, of course, a family-friendly event. There's going to be activities for children as well. Um, at 3.30, uh, there's going to be food, uh, more singing and dancing. Um, and at, 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 uh, at 3.20, uh, really 3.30, um, the, the main program of speakers is going to start. Um, and that's going to continue on uh, until 5 p.m. Uh, when the march is going to take off. So once again, uh, noon is when the events are going to start. Uh, really around 3.30 is when uh, the speeches and the real rally is going to happen. 3.30 is also when food is going to come out. And then we're taking off uh, on the march at 5 p.m., going all around the city, uh, City Hall, Starbucks, down Chapel Street to Yale, um, and then back to the Green um, and then, uh, we're going to call it a day from there. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm going to have all those details in the SoundCloud, uh, page for tonight's, uh, program as well. So, um, I'm going to get that up, uh, as soon as I can after we go within the next hour and a half to two hours tonight. And uh, I'll have all the relevant links on there as well with, with May Day being May 1st every year, I wanted to ask you. You know, on the one hand, it's an annual event um, with a very interesting history that you laid out at the start of the program. And it's something, obviously, that I know a lot of folks, especially in social justice circles and progressive circles, look forward to every year. But on the Mm -hmm. other hand, you know, it is just one day. And but I was wondering if you could, you know, articulate, you know, what are some ways that that we all can, in your eyes, throughout the year in our communities especially locally here in Connecticut, be living and embodying the values that we've been discussing 
uh, on, on the show um, that are at the heart of International Workers' Day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you. I think that really the best thing that we can do to embody these values is by organizing along class lines. Really, we need to be proactive about spreading the ideas of, of class consciousness in our communities. As I said, the idea that the bosses need us, but we don't need them, that ultimately all wealth in society, you know, all the buildings that are built, all the shelves that are stocked, all of that is due by the working class. We're the ones who make society tick, and yet we have very little or no say about how society is really run. And so steering discussions kind of away from, uh, you know, the struggles that we face in independent capacity and towards understanding that the solution really can only come by unifying along the lines of class and fighting in the methods of class struggle. Um, and really, you know, the ultimately the only way that we're going to be able to beat the rich and the powerful who oppress us and exploit us and spread racism and cut our wages and, you know, raise inflation and all the rest of us and send us to war to die um, is by threatening the basis of their power, which are profits. Um, and I think it's really also important that if we're coming out of this, that we understand that we are at the long, a long line of people who are celebrating uh, International Workers' Day, um, and we're at, uh, you know, the, the, we have the advantage of a hindsight. And so I really recommend that people who are interested in seriously fighting back for a better world get educated. And some of the books that I definitely highly recommend people who are inspired by this conversation check out are uh, the book Teamster Rebellion by Farrell Dobbs about the uh, Minneapolis Teamster Rebellion, which was really an inspiring strike that happened in that city in 1934. Uh, the book Death in the Haymarket by James Green, which is a great outline of the events surrounding uh, the Haymarket trial and the inspiring workers movement of Chicago of that time. Uh, the State and Revolution by Lenin, which I think, you know, more than any other book shows how, you know, the state and society is not some kind of neutral arbiter, but really exists uh, for the rich and the powerful and is used against us uh, at the, in, in, in the end. Um, I also highly recommend Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, a classic. Um, the book uh, Hammer and Toe by Robin D.G. Kelly, which talks about the, the, the sharecroppers movement and the workers movement in Alabama in the 1930s and how to and how not to organize uh, as a radical. Um, and, of course, I recommend that people subscribe to Socialist Revolution magazine, which is the publication of, of my organization. Thank you so much for that, Eric. And uh, real quick, because we are running out of time, how can our listeners learn more um, via the Internet about uh, 2023 Made in New Haven as well as Socialist Revolution? Yeah, so socialistrevolution.org. Um, and then we're on Facebook at Socialist Revolution uh, Connecticut. And for the May Day events, we have the May Day event on our Facebook page. Uh, and also the ULA Unidad Latina en Acción Facebook page has events, uh, details for May Day. Um, and uh, those are really the places to check out and find out more about my organization uh, and to keep up to date and to get in touch. Thank you so much, Eric. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.